You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You've heard us talk about DraftKings the leader in daily fantasy sports and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Making a lineup for DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Just draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap, and then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 25, as the New York Rangers defeat the Buffalo Sabres 3-2 to get two more points and, you know, kind of stay in the mix in the Mass Mutual division. And uh, Andy, I have to ask you before we get going, how are you doing? Doing good. Uh, Happy the Rangers got the win last night, no matter how sloppy it may have been. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's good to see that clearly their luck is turning around a little bit. They get Philip Hedel back. Uh, Lafreniere is actually, yeah, finally, you know, he's got, got things going in his favor again. He gets, uh, the easiest goal he'll ever score, but you have to, you know, based on how things have gone for him, uh, it's, it's nice for him to actually be, you know, on the fortuitous side of luck. So it's just kind of everything evening itself out because he's definitely should have more points by now. But uh, yeah, it looks like Mika is fine. He's found a gear last night. So he had a good game, which same thing. Kreider scores a goal. So our top six actually does something, uh, put on a nice performance for a prospective uh, uh, potential future New York Ranger, um, which I'm sure we'll get into. And yeah, we hopefully Kako will be 
back for this next game and we can you know hopefully Panarin not soon after that and we can finally try to get some uh some traction under the feet of this team because you, you could see that they're yeah it seems that things seem to be going their way Igor's playing good enough to give them a chance to win and it would be a shame if they didn't just take advantage of that yeah I mean I you know, looking at this game, coming into it, we said it was pretty much a must-win for the New York Rangers. Uh, they had Buffalo, and then they have Devils coming up twice in a row. So it was, you know, imperative for them to, you know, get out early, get a jump on the on this team, and kind of just bury them. But, uh, you know, the first few minutes was kind of a wild ride there, where, they, you know, they were trading, you know, trading off uh, goals just to keep it interesting. And uh, unfortunately, I passed out, and like, you, you know, Andy, right now, my, my brain is pretty much, I think, how the New York Rangers played, where I'm going to be able to get this done, but it might not be pretty. But, you know, you have to win hockey games at this level, and no game is, is easy. So, you know, touche for beating the Buffalo Sabres and grabbing two points, which we said were, uh, you know, two points that we had to have. I didn't get a chance to actually watch. I listened to a majority of the game. Uh, on the radio, driving home. How would you say that the Rangers, you know, played after that kind of wild start? Like, were they able to, you know, kind of reel it in and play, and you know, play their game, dictate the, the style that they, you know, wanted to, you know, press against the Buffalo Sabres? It, it's funny because I, I really don't think the Rangers played well defensively until the the last half of the, uh, of the third period, um, right after Buffalo put themselves within one. So the rest of the game was kind of wide open. They're cha- trading chances, some sloppy breakdowns here and there. Uh, but the goaltend, you know, goaltending was good. Igor was good. I can't say the same about Hutton. I thought some of those goals were a little, uh, I don't know what its positioning was. You know, I thought Igor for the most part did everything he could on the goals, you know, has some weird bounces on one, just a well-placed <laughs> pass in the other. But yeah, I mean, I, the Rangers, looked pretty confident sitting on that lead uh, with the third winding down, you know, and especially Buffalo trying to get the extra man with the net pulled, you know, Igor goes for two empty nets. Uh, unfortunately it gets, one gets blocked, I think by uh, Darlene. And then the other one, I just, I don't know if it's not far enough or whatever, but uh, he's going to get one one day. And if he scored there, do you think Buffalo would pack it in like for the season? <laughs> I would, I, if, you know, if I'm Buffalo or if, if I'm Michael, I just, you know, I would just, take my stuff from the stall and the visitors and just move it to the uh, or just the get off the room. ice with the rangers yeah just wouldn't come back i mean yeah you know as obviously we're a rangers podcast so we've been focused on what's going on with Mika and this and that but i gotta tell you eichel i know you know there's there's claims that he's suffering from a shoulder injury but you know he he, he, he was dangerous here and there but not much Taylor Hall was a ghost. I I only noticed him because he was falling down on the ice all the time. So I didn't notice him at all, which was bad. You know, you want to notice your superstars, even if they're playing bad, they should have that. Because Taylor Hall usually has a thing, you know, it's Taylor Hall. You should pop. You should be a little bit faster than everyone else. But, you know, honestly, I thought, I, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, I thought Jeff Skinner was probably one of their, the only players I noticed in a positive way for them at times last night. You know, him, Victor Olofsson, uh, Darlene on on breakout passes but other than that it, yeah it was a whole lot of you know just kind of their their superstars definitely were no shows for this one so and the rangers were lucky because their top six was going Kreider scores off a goal he doesn't even know how he scored it but it was nice you know he's uh he scored from the the left side coming down 
just with that wrist shot far post a few times and it's a tough shot, but you know, especially he uses the uh, defender Buffalo defender as a screen. And yeah, I'd like to see him do more of that. You know, he tries it sometimes and it's high and wide, but yeah, it was a well-placed shot and I definitely cut uh, Carter Hutton by surprise, but um, yeah, it's nice to see the Rangers top six actually showed up. And like I said, Lafreniere looks better and better every game. And yeah, Heedle, even though you can tell there might be a little rust, he, in terms of his wind, he was good. He uh, he was as good as he needed to be. He's still one of the faster Rangers on the ice every time he's on the ice. So once he gets back into the swing of things, and he'll definitely be, uh, yeah, he'll definitely hopefully get back to the point he was right before he went down. Because obviously you remember how he's still so good at helping the Rangers maintain possession with his size and speed and winning 50-50 battles. So yeah, you can definitely tell that when they're fully staffed with the way things seem to be going now that they've kind of have ironed out some of the, the wrinkles in their game that it should be good. Uh, but yeah, I say should, because ever knowing this team, it, that might not be the case. Yeah. And you know, obviously we have Kako out, we have Panarin still uh, out. I don't know if he's listed day to day or anything like that, or what's the update status there. I have no idea. I haven't uh, really Ka- heard. Anything. Kako was taken off. Uh, the COVID list, I believe, the day of the game. So he still has another thing. He, I think he has to test positive once, but I think he should be able to come back for, you know, Thursday. I do think, I assume the Rangers. Well, they also uh, probably want him to get a couple practices. Well, they want, yeah, they want him to get a skate in as well. So we'll see if, uh, if you're listening to this Thursday morning, we'll see if we see him uh, on the ice tonight. I'm not really sure. And obviously the the league and, David Quinn plays stuff like this pretty close to the vest. So we'll see. But uh, I, I assume our beat writers, I'm, they'll probably talk to Quinn sometime in the early afternoon and we should have our answer. So we'll see. Or maybe not. Maybe it's vague. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's a, he's definitely a possibility. And yeah, no, still no word on Panarin other than that David Quinn says he talks to him daily and that it's day to day. You know, they, they, it's something that doesn't really have a timeline. It's not an injury. You know what I mean? And it's they're not obviously not going to air the particulars of what's going on as they shouldn't with Panarin. So, you know, who knows what personal measures he have he's taking to ensure what's going on is dealt with in the the way that's best for him and his family. So, yeah, uh, we're probably not going to know until he's looked back and they'll say he's back on the ice and you know, he's going to get a few skates and just get back up to speed, but we'll see. But uh, yeah, hopefully Kako can be in. Cause I think uh, the Rangers will definitely could definitely use him. And now that Lafreniere is going uh, once everyone's healthy, I, I my the dream of seeing Hedl Kako Lafreniere still lives on in my mind. So yeah, well let's get into that because I feel like Quinn has his work cut out for him. You know, when Kako and Panarin eventually return to the lineup, there's going to be obviously two guys that are need going to uh, need to be sat. So, um, you know, I feel like there's two answers to this question. It's number one, who do you think should be sitting? And number two, who will Quinn sit? Because I feel like they're going to be two different answers. Yeah, he should sit Brett Howden. I mean, easiest thing I've ever had to answer. Like, he should <laughs> sit Brett Howden. Who will he sit? <sighs> Brodzinski or Gautier, probably. Um, maybe even Brendan Lemieux. I'm not even sure. Uh, it's one of those things where, you know, I mean, 
or I don't know, or even potentially DJ Sapp. It, it should basically be Howden, but he's the one who I know he won't sit. <laughs> well, there'll you know be I mean? a number two there. There'll be a second guy sitting. Like, yeah, he's it'll very, be, and it'll be any one of those two bottom six guys except Brett Howden. I'm telling you right now, he'll find he, a spot for Howden. Well, even Julian Gauthier, he, uh, Gauthier, uh, he really likes to. Uh, I feel like he pulls the trigger with him often, just benching him. Uh, I know he, you know, has had, had some rough games defensively, and you know it, it's tough to. He can't be trusted, but you know if you have a game that's you know is going to be physical, like the against the New, New Jersey Devils, where you're going to want to get the puck behind their defenseman and and you know, and and, and play a physical game in the corners. Yeah. Well, there's peak, yeah, there's peaks and valleys to Gautier's game right now, and the peaks are obviously good peaks you see he can he draws a lot of penalties with his size and his speed and he can forecheck well and he can actually make things happen in a positive way and but yeah that comes at a cost sometimes as he's trying to figure things out but you know we've had enough of a sample size to know that when brett howden's on the ice absolutely nothing happens except that the rangers slowly get uh caved in you know quality wise and and it offense dies on a stick so if you have no chance of scoring with him on the ice and even his own individual defensive metrics aren't all that great. I just don't see what, you know, why, you know, I've see, I see why Rooney's a good faceoff guy. Um, and he's good defensively. He's maybe not the greatest offensively, but he's definitely better defensively. Than those, those two. So I could definitely see the merits of keeping him in. Uh, Blackwell has been a revelation for the Rangers this year. So you have to keep him in and yeah, D Giuseppe is kind of is there, but at the same time, it's like he, I don't know if he's really, He's hasn't. Yeah, I don't know. He's just another he had guy a hot that, start. He had and, a hard start. I but at the same time, I wouldn't be upset if he sat. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if you if you see a, someone who struggled like a Howden or hell, even I think Brendan Lemieux has really kind of struggled at times this season, just hasn't really had the same impact he's had in his previous two seasons here. So um, but he uh, it looks like he's trying, though. I do like when he's on the ice, he is heavy on the four check and he's trying to make things happen with his speed. He looks noticeably faster does Brennan Lemieux, but it just, yeah, unfortunately the quality, the quality of his line mates at times, those three, when you have three guys of the, that caliber on the ice, not much is going to happen, you know? Right. But you know, you know, I don't know, Andy, there's, there's a lot of questions when, you know, that I ask myself when I look at, you know, our bottom six, right. And yeah. one of the questions is, did you actually expect them to produce? And like, to what extent is acceptable for, let's just say, uh, a, a season resume for Brett Howden? Like, how many points is he, like, actually projected? And I know you're an analytics guy, but and I know I'm putting you on the spot to answer, like, a specific question. But if you're, if you're Quinn and you're analyzing, you know, your roster right now, where should Brett, a player like Brett Howden be? Because, you know, in the beginning of the season, we kind of penciled him in as a, maybe a fourth-line center. Obviously, we had some, you know, players that we also, you know, put in for the fourth line and they're playing, you know, above themselves like a, a you know, a Blackwell. You know, where do you want Howden to be? Like, what should he be producing? Like, where do the analytics say that he should be better? at? Well, you know, analytic, if you look at his underlying numbers, it's definitely he's, you know, he has two points in 20 games and that's not far off because he's just not good. But I mean. You know, the let he got twenty three he had twenty three points in his uh his rookie season. Um I I think didn't Derek Stepan assist on his uh his no, that was Jimmy VC. Jesus, my memory is mush. Sorry. Um but 
yeah, I mean, you know, he was he's always Quinn has always clearly had a soft spot for him. So he's been given good minutes the past two seasons. So he had 23 in his rookie year in 66 games. He had 19 and 70. So you figure at least, all right, he should be around a 20 point guy, but he's got two and 20 right now. So, uh, yeah, he's clearly nowhere on pace to, to match that. And, you know, and in fairness, he there, they've obviously given up on the fact that he's probably most likely not a, top six forward so he's playing mostly fourth line and bottom six minutes so obviously that's going to affect his ice time and that's also going to affect um yeah his his how many points he can put up but you know at the same time it's like i you know i think you'd want to see at least 15 points on the season you know even in this you know maybe not in this season the shortened season but you'd, you'd hope to see some you know anywhere from 10 to 15 range for him but I just don't think it's going to happen. And that's the thing. I think you want your bottom six to one of your bottom six to chip in a goal uh, every game, you know, any gaggle of, you know, of the, the bottom six, just one of them to have a goal. So, or one of them or two of them will get an assist on it. And just at the end, they're all kind of floating in that, whatever that, you know, between the 10 to 20 point range and you're, you're kind of happy with it. But uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to get that from Brett. And I just think the more time that goes on, it just kind of, shows that he's kind of always I think he's out of his depth in the NHL I just and it's it's sad because I don't think he had it's not that he doesn't have I I think he's got NHL size I think he's got NHL speed uh he's got bottom six hands but I think his his hockey IQ is is not NHL it's he's got AHL IQ I just think he processes the game it comes at him too fast and he just he can't settle the puck down and he can't make plays. And that's, I think what it comes down to, you know? Yeah, no. And if you look at, you know, the last five game as a sample size, he's played over 10 minutes in every single game. I'll just run through it. Oh, 10, 26, 12, 45, 13, 50, 13, 02, and 1104. Now I, I won't get into how many shifts he's had, because he's had quite a few in the high teens, every single game. Now there's only one column where there's a, n- a number in it, okay? And that goes for goals, assists, points, plus, minus, penalty minutes, power play goals, short-handed goals, shots. He has one shot against Boston two games ago, and the rest is completely blank. So you're not kidding when you say he doesn't contribute anything. He literally contributes nothing. So, but again, he's not a minus, so he's obviously doing something right, to stay in the lineup and I really just think Quinn is just rewarding this kid for his work ethic and you know it's kind of sad because you know I I would like to see what you know and you say offensive dies on on a stick which is true obviously I would like to see you know a full-fledged roster when Panarin and Kaku come back where Howden's not in the picture because you know we've been you know pretty anti-Howden from the beginning but it, it really is troubling that this kid can play like this for so long and there's not even a, a, a mumbling of, you know, he's going to sit or, you know, he, you know, he might get moved to a taxi squad or situation. It's like how bad or how like he literally is just slipping under the radar. It's like he's not on the radar, so he can't even be judged. It's, it's a wild situation with, with Brett Howden. And I, I, I will say this, that I do understand that there is a bit and it's been pointed out before by some people that there might be hypocrisy in that it's like you know Brett Howden's young he's still developing he can get better and 
you know, this is true. I'm not trying to say he's a Tanner Glass level player, but I just think the sample size is we're getting close now. You should have seen at least an, a flash of something. And, I, you know, when he first came in in his rookie year, I actually thought I saw those flashes a lot just because, he, you know, he does things quickly and, you know, Quinn says he plays honest and all this other stuff. But it's just, yeah, I just think I haven't seen uh, an NHL-level IQ or, or awareness out of him to make things happen. I think we were talking about a few uh, podcasts ago how Blackwell is not, you know, he's a good skater. But and he's quick on the puck and he's got a good motor. You know, he's kind of in the mold of the bottom six guy. But I think what makes him a little bit more valuable is that he can settle plays down and he can spot guys and he can make the passes. You know, he's just got he's just got just enough skill to do these things. But he's got his uh, awareness and his hockey IQ is enough that it allows him to put himself in these spots and to slow things down and to not feel like his time and spaces quickly dwindling well like you see with uh a howden or a di giuseppe her guys who just kind of rush on the puck really quick and then try to like whip it around or throw it way too hard at a, the first open stick they see of a teammate you know so i just don't see that out of him so and yeah it might be a little hypocritical of me especially if i'm gonna say oh we have to be patient with these kids and brett howden i forget how old he is was he 22 right yeah he's young but so yeah. there's a there's a difference between waiting for the kids and he's not one of the kids. Like he's not in the discussion of guys I think we need to wait on. Like I, I call me crazy, but if we cut Howden tomorrow, I don't know how many teams are going to be rushing to sign him. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, there's he's still got a lot to show. He's still got a lot to prove. Let's take a chance on him. I don't know if like there's anybody in the world right now you know, that, that'd be willing to take that chance for Brett Howden. I don't think he's got that aura. I don't think he's got that reputation. I mean, he's just a guy that works hard, and he, I don't think he says anything. I bet you they don't even know he, like, is that, I bet you he takes, like, an Uber to, like, road games, like, against the Devils. They're just so, <laughs> so under the radar that he kind of just walks into the locker room with the team, like, comes out of, like, the, you know, like, a, like the, the, the private entrance. He kind of just yeah. slips in and walks in with the guys. I mean, that's how like under the radar he is. But I do want to say, I was looking at Jeff Skinner's stats, 17 games played. Brett Howden has more assists. Brett Howden has two assists on the season. Jeff Skinner has one assist for one point, and he's a minus four for the entire season. Yeah, it's not gone well for any of the Devils. <laughs> Taylor Hall, Jeff Skinner. Uh, I haven't, you know, I haven't seen how uh, Eric Stahl is doing. Um, but yeah, I assume it's not good. And, and Jack Eichel's not having a good season, but you know, there's for all these guys for that team is clearly, I think the, they're just resigned to the fact that it, they got off to a bad start again and they just, they're so it's so ingrained in that, that, that team. So they're just like, Oh, of course it's another lost season. Well, hopefully they'll trade me. You know, and they all just gave up at once. And it was like, you know, and the guys who do try are the guys who know they're not going to go anywhere else. Like, Ocposo stinks, but he, I, I, I noticed him trying hard. He's tr- he sucks. Like, no offense to him. Sorry, Kyle. But I at least noticed him trying to make things happen, even though he doesn't have skill. Whereas, well, like, some, some of these guys, I'm just like, a lot of perimeter plays I didn't really feel, ever feel the Rangers were in danger, despite the fact that Buffalo had more shots. 
you know, whereas the Bruins, every time the puck went to the point, I'm like, oh, my, this is going to end up in the back of our net. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But every time they'd whip it to the point, it just didn't sense it was a, an issue. And a lot of standing around, they like to play, Kruger likes to play a much more, you know, defensive, apparently low event style. And it's one thing if you're the Islanders where you're going to be absolutely impeccable, but when it's time to turn that switch on, you're going to, you're going to have guys that are going to commit to doing it. But Buffalo doesn't have it at all. It's just, he's trying to play a style where you don't really have to move your feet and it just doesn't, it's not going to work, you know? Yeah. And, you know, um, you know, I mean, looking at Akposo though, I, I feel bad for the kid because, you know, obviously he had some success with the Islanders and then goes to Buffalo and I feel like his brain is just mush right now. So I, I'm not going to judge Akposo on, you know, pretty much anything he's done up in Buffalo because, you know, he got, then he, he got knocked out. He's right? had multiple injuries and concussions. Yeah. He probably should and not he's be playing 32 in the NHL. He's 32 years old. We forget that he's an old, he's an old guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, by NHL standards, I should say. And he plays a very, he's played a very physical style and it's taken his toll and he's cooked. There are just some players that just play that style and their shelf life is much shorter. And he's one of them. It's like he was, I, when he first came in, I just, you know, he was definitely playing with Tavares obviously helps. But at the same time is that, you know, he played a great power forward, power winger style. And yeah, and it was effective, but he was never the most fleet of foot guy. So now he's like, it looks like he's skating in molasses. And yeah, he's you just want to hear a funny to... story with Akpo. Yes. Okay. Sure. So I remember back in like, man, I don't, I forget which Olympics it was, but they were talking about Team USA. And Akposo was one of those guys at the time that is like, is he on a team? Is he not on a team? Like we had some pretty good, I, I believe he plays the right wing and our, or I'm sorry. I, I, post, I, forget, I Well, whatever the position was, I, we had a, a, a ton of depth in it. And I was like, I, I just don't see him playing on the Olympic team. And, um, you know, I, I tweeted something out and, um, what is his name? E from Entourage, uh, Connolly. What's his yeah, first he's name? He's a big uh, Islander fan. Yeah, yes. huge Islander fan, right? Inboxes me, and he says, "Like you don't know what the f you're talking about, you know, uh, you know, uh, trust me, like he should be on the Olympic team." And I was like, you know, I I couldn't inbox him back because he's like verified. So you, if someone if someone isn't verified like me, I can't message him back. But he me- end up messaging me back like an hour later. And he goes, oh, and by the way, I do know what I'm talking about. Like, just to get at me. All I said was, listen, I feel like we're too, we, we're too deep in that position for him to make it. And like you said, he's not the best skater in the world. And when you open up on Olympic ice, it's, it, you open the game up. Players like him are more likely going to be exposed than for him to excel, you know? Yeah. Especially the power forward, you know, uh, that he was when he was playing for the Islanders. Because that was a totally different Akposo than what we're seeing. Over yeah, the he was playing. He was playing with John Tavares. It definitely right. goose his numbers. So, but he, yeah, he was a good middle six guy for before injury took his toll. And again, he's thirty two years old. So by the time he got to Buffalo, and he, he was in, you know, he, I think he think his rookie year with the Islanders was like oh seven oh eight, right? So, you know, he finally goes to Buffalo in twenty sixteen. So. uh yeah, basically spent a, his first de- that was he'd already played a decade with the Islanders and it's just injuries and other things had taken its toll and he's just not the same guy. You know, but again, you you hope you hope, you know, it's a results-based business and I think he said that after the post game. 
the other night. So you feel for him. But again, I, I, as someone who doesn't watch a lot of them because I'm not a Sabres fan, I at least thought he was trying to do things and trying to put an effort. It wasn't, uh, the best way to apply effort, but at the same time, it was more effort than I saw out of Taylor Hall, who was a legit a ghost and would fall down every three seconds. And same thing with Skinner. It's just not going for him. But, you know, it's weird because the the skating has always, he's a, always been such a phenomenal skater. And it's just, where is, I don't know if it's the style. The style of hockey is clearly not conducive to the success of individual players. I think Eichel got carte blanche a little bit to do what he wanted last year. You know, he, every, everyone else, he was, he got to be play jazz amongst everyone else doing, you know, playing classical on that team. And yeah, so he was able to bust out, but yeah, it's just the, the style of hockey they play is low event and it's boring. And I just don't, yeah, I just, I can't see Ralph Kruger being long for the Buffalo Sabres. So, but this is literally a, a waking nightmare for them that fan Buffalo Sabres fans are just reliving over and over. So I don't see any, I mean, I know we're going to talk about it anyway, but I just don't see any other end where Jack Eichel is gone. He cannot stay there. He's my brother, Mike. He's my brother, Matt. And we are the brothers of discussion hosting Red Wings rant. We're tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a boat in a season mired in tragedy and despair we are here to be your audible earl gray to bring joy placidity and perspective to one of the roughest eras of red wing history ah we honor the past find the positives in the present i swear they're there and paint the picture of what's to come in the winged wheels future paul woods here on the radio broadcast your detroit red wings and i'm gonna play games like who's that, who's that come on Pokemon? Where Matt has to try and guess quotes pulled right out of context for Jeff Blashell, and we got to figure out who that Red Wing is. Every episode, we put ourselves in the legendary shoes of Steve Eiserman and play Be the GM, finding ways to ice a competitive team while accumulating assets for the franchise's future. We also shoot the breeze. Some of the great local and national voices in Red Wings hockey, including Ken Kell and Keith Gave. And Greg Wachinski and Ryan Lambert. Check us out every Monday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And check us out live every Wednesday and Sunday for Red Wings reactions and live conversations with you on our YouTube channel, The Brothers of Discussion. Well, well let's get into that a little bit because obvi- I think it's like a total complete consensus that you know jack eichel will be leaving buffalo at some point this season um where he goes i i still feel like that is so up in the air that it's stupid to even talk about um you know like a definite spot for him right you know obviously the rangers are favored you have uh, you know the kings um you know i i wouldn't be surprised if the fucking tampa bay lightning end up squeezing him onto their roster (laughs) because i feel like they just are immune to any cap issues and, you know, they, they can just pretty much bring in anybody. Um, but, you know, the, the biggest question that I have, and we can get into what a Jack Eichel trade would kind of look like. But before yeah. we get into that, you know, the overall big picture, right? Because I, I have his career stats up here, right? Is Jack Eichel actually worth it? Like his career high is 82 points in 2018-2019. He's never played a full 82 game season. He played his rookie season, plays 81 games, and that's the most. Um, and you know, you know, looking at his stats, his stats aren't like 
number one center, you know, I'm going to put up a million points. I know, you know, if you look around the league, we're so spoiled with, you know, what McDavid and, and Dreisaitl do. And, you know, we want to see the, you know, the triple digits there. But, you know, is Jack Eichel worth it? Like, is he worth what he's going to pull in the market? I I definitely know that the injuries are a concern. I, a part of me thinks so. I think his, like you said, he's he's had those those injuries. Uh, were they both high ankle sprains or? Yeah, no one was. I forget mm-hmm. the other ones. Well, the or one were, were they were they on opposite legs? The, I mean, with la- based on how he had seventy eight points in sixty eight games last year, he had eighty two the year before. So at least it looks like he was trending up fifty six, fifty seven, sixty four, eighty two. You know, if you prorate a full season. Uh, for him, he's a he's a ninety point player, right? You know, so I, th- I you know I think so, but I under I definitely understand. I also think that he really hasn't been given much help because you know, yes, True. he was lucky enough to he he really go- helped Goose Skinner stats, and as we see that maybe that you know they're ruining the fact that oh maybe I that was more Eichel, you know, carrying him than it was Skinner being worthy of that contract. You know, same thing with Victor Olofsson. He's got a guy with a with a killer shot, but as maybe the rest of his game isn't. But you know, when you have a guy who can facilitate the puck like Jack, I think it works good. But trust me, I I I do have concerns. I'm like, well, for better or worse, this is a guy who already has a reputation as injury prone. One, uh, to a coach killer. Two, uh, is he going to be a malcontent when things aren't if things aren't going the right way? I'm not really sure. So I, you know, I'd be lying if there was a part of me that despite the allure of having Jack Eichel is not like, is it worth it to give up, you know, assets, which no matter what the get, even the best package, the Rangers give up for Eichel will sting. You know what I mean? Right. Like even in the, cause uh, you know, obviously we, we, there's so much talk about it, like, Oh, well, they're going to have to start with Lafreniere and Cox. I got news flash for anyone like there. And I can't believe I'm going to say this. Uh, uh, who was it on? Um, Oh, I forget which hockey pundit was talking about it. They're like, how is it? You know, they're like, this is not too dissimilar from the Dubois trade. But unfortunately, there's no Patrick Line out there. There's no one for one swap here to be had. So you're going to have to give up, obviously, a package. But if you think like, oh, it's like, well, the Rangers are going to have to give up Kako or Lafreniere or else they'll get Byfield or Z- Trevor Zegras. That's not happening. You know, like well, Anaheim all, Ducks why? are rebuilding. They're not getting Eichel. They're trying to rebuild with Drysdale and Zegris and these guys. Same thing with L.A. They're not giving up Quinton Byfield yeah, for Jack well, Eichel. Like, and the Rangers aren't going to give up Kako or Lafreniere. The thing is, the Rangers, though, could offer a package that doesn't include those two. That's probably better than most teams can match. They might say, all right, Heedle, Buchnevich, Kravtsov. A first in Zach Jones. That hurts. I like all those players, and they're not. That's not nothing to sniff at. Heedle's a you know, Heedle and Buchnevich are you know, Buchnevich is a, a first line you know, a top probably a top six player, a good, good player, a, either really good second liner or a guy who can ride shotgun on your first line. Heedle is a is a blossoming you know, will eventually probably be a good two C. Uh, obviously there's no one C in that, but at the same time, it's like that's what it's going to be because. You're not, you know, it's like they're just like, oh, then this other team will just pony up their best prospects for him. I don't think so. I don't think that's how that works. And 
but you know, my, maybe my there'll qu- be egg on my face, but I just don't think so. Yeah, my question is why though? Like what I mean, why does anyone why does Buffalo hold the card? Like why are they in control of this? Like here here's the thing. Like Eichel wants out. Like he's yeah. done in Buffalo. He's checked out. You know, obviously, you know, what the what the coach said, he's got injury and he's saying, you know, he wasn't injured, like, you know, um, you know, that chaos. Like, there's clearly like dysfunction happening within that locker room and you know it it seems to be surrounding Eichel because he is the captain of the Buffalo Sabres and he is the player that kind of has expressed his concerns and you know has said without saying you know I want out and I want out now and you know you know but the thing is though like is Buffalo really gonna get the haul you know pun intended you know that you know that they think they deserve because I don't think so. I think you know what's the rush for the New York Rangers to get bring in Jack Eichel? What's the rush of the LA Kings to bring him in? Ne- neither of those teams are a Jack Eichel you know player away from you know winning a Stanley Cup. In in my eyes, it's like not worth you know you know throwing all these you know assets at them and being like, can we have him Jack now? Can we have him now? How about now? We had this. Can we have him now? Because you know. Again, just if you just be patient and wait, the situation's not going to get any better in Buffalo. You know, they're just going to fall further and further behind in the standings. And it's just, you know, I feel like Eichel's just, he's not going to all of a sudden walk into the locker room, you know, feeling great and being like, you know what, I need to go out as a, as a, as a leader and, you know, and do the right things. I, I feel like that he's already checked out. So yeah, it looks like he's checked out. Right. So like, you yeah. Know, and so, like, r- realistically, we see these big packages. Like, Andy, am I crazy for thinking, I don't think Buffalo's going to get that for him? No, listen, and when I say that, I what I mean to say is I don't think that he will get even a package that size. I mean, he'll get something. There will be, listen, a, a player well, like I think it'll be, draft pick, uh, it'll be draft pick heavy, I think. There will, you know, I, if you're going, if you're trading Eichel, you have to start over. You have to say, all right, right. Darlene Cousins. Jack Quinn, even though it's the dumbest fucking thing that the Sabres could have done. Jesus, Kevin Adams, an idiot. Um, like these are this is who we're building around, you know, because Hall, Taylor Hall's going to be gone. He's not staying. Right. Would you stay? <laughs> no. And, uh, well, yeah. I mean, would you? Yeah, Eric Stahl him? is. Yeah, it's like they're rebuilt. They're, if you trade Eichel, you're rebuilding. You are in the re, the rebuild design. So you're going to want young you're going to try to get as many young asses that are close age appropriate you know what i mean so right. and that's the thing yeah a bit listen a bidding war will start but at the same time it's not going to get to the crazy heights because where everyone's going to say that i'm out is they're going to ask for Trevor Zegras from Anaheim and they'll be like we're well out, we're out maybe they they throw in Drysdale maybe but they're not giving up Zegras like he's going to be their num- hopefully be their you know number one either winger or center of the future so they're not doing that. Um, yeah, they're, L.A. might they might offer up Turcott, maybe, but they're not offering up Byfield, you know, and that's what they're going to ask for for Eichel, and they're going to be like, not a chance. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, right. Because they're technically, even though they're, yes, it's great that L.A.'s surprise has been good this year, that they, they don't see, that they're not going to undo all the great young players they have just to, you know what I mean? So, yeah, there'll be a bidding war, but at the end it'll be like, who can throw in, you know, who's first combined with, you know, not even throw-ins, just promising young, but not ultimately like cream of the crop, 
young guys. So yeah, it would hurt if if the Rangers are like, all right, here we go. Heedle crafts off in a first. Like that stings, man. But yeah. it's not a crazy absorbent package. You know, you get two really promising young players that could be uh could potentially be, you know, and hell, they might even throw in a Zach Jones. So no, you know, no Buchnevich. So just heel crafts off first and maybe maybe a lesser, not a lesser, but like, you know, a uh, one of the Rangers other D prospects. You know what I mean? Right. So it's not a huge haul, but it's a good one. There's quantity. It helps set them up better down the line, Buffalo. And yeah, the Rangers are hurts, but it's not ultimately going to make or break or gut the team because you get Eichel and you're only really losing. Uh, you know, your place heel with Eichel and yeah, Kraftsoff, unfortunately, maybe <laughs> never made it over or only played a few games or whatever, which sucks. But, you know, uh, well, I have a question for you because, yeah. you know, I, I threw this in the uh, the, the hockey pod, pod podcast network slack. And, you know, it was kind of, you know, funny hearing everyone discuss, you know, uh, a New York Rangers trade with Buffalo. Uh, for Eichel, even though, you know, me and you kind of hinted and winked at that, you know, flirting with that idea for a while now, and, and, and no one seemed to truly bite, and now it's just, like, such a reality that people are like, so, what are you guys looking to uh, trade for Eichel? Like, <laughs> it's it's just so funny how, like, yep, you know, he's ready to leave. It's, it's like, it's so clear across the board, across the league. Um, but, you know, I, I, you know, I wanted to ask you, too, and I said this, you know, if the Rangers were able to throw in a Chris Kreider and a Truba and, and, and get that contract off our books, would you be willing to depart with a, a Kako? Ooh. Because I think Lafreniere is untouchable. Like, I, if, if, if you had the, if you told me right now one of those two would, would be off the Rangers roster with the oh. Eichel trade, it would be Kako. No? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. And, it's a shame because we're starting to see the glimmers of what he can, what a monster Kako can become. So that would definitely hurt. But if it, you could use it to remove a regrettable contract. Uh, yeah. I mean, that might be the only reason I would do it and it would still really suck, but um, yeah, I mean, Oh man, that would hurt, but maybe, but could I, you imagine I, not I having know. the Truba contract though. My my nightmare is they do that and then something happens, like a weird CBA happens and everyone gets compliance buyouts like again the next summer. Like that's right. my nightmare. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it would be nice to not have that dream of contract. You know, <laughs> Ugh, man, uh, it's really tough because it's like. Although playoff Truba could be good, you know? Yeah. He's and that's the thing, he, that, you like... know, with with K. Andre, it's kind of settled him down. He's still overpaid. But, you know, I, I can't say the Truba. You know, he he was playing okay. He was not, he'll never be worth the money they gave him. But you know, I think if you if he was making six million dollars playing like how he was playing, I'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. Right. I guess sort of he's he's nasty and physical, and in the playoffs he steps up. So, um, but yeah, it would hurt. But that's definitely something I could consider because it's the only, yeah, it would definitely free up some things. And who knows, maybe the Rangers could. Because the Rangers are going to have a, a lot of cap space, a free cap space uh, after this season. So you right. have to wonder what other what things Jeff has his eye set on. Uh, obviously, it'll make, make it easier to absorb Eichel's contract, obviously. But um, yeah, at the same time, it's like, yeah, I don't know what positions they're looking to, to bolster. Obviously, the middle still remains. Or at least they want to get some good 
their bottom six still needs a little bit of a remodel unless they're planning to have so much talent. Everyone just kind of gets bumped down a line and then it looks really good by comparison. You know what I mean? But, yeah. um, well, I, uh, another thing too, well, thing speaking of the bottom six is, uh, you know, I heard a little interview with Colin Blackwell today, you know, just like discussing, you know, his career, obviously he's an older player. Uh, you know, he's kind of been around the block a little bit in terms of, you know, just, you know, inconsistency. And this is obviously has been his, you know, breakout year in terms of being an NHL hockey player. And, you know, here's a kid that I think if you offered him the bare minimum just to play for the New York Rangers, he would take it in a heartbeat, no matter how many points he puts up. I, I, I truly mean that. And so like, there is a perfect example of a kid, you know, Blackwell, you sign him for basically nothing. He's going to give you everything he possibly has. Like, I, I don't mind if the Rangers committed to players like Blackwell to fill out their bottom six. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like you can't have enough of those players. And I, I don't want to give up all these assets for a Jack Eichel when, you know, obviously, you know, given the situation it, he, he's had in Buffalo, right? You know, I kind of don't want him, like, I don't want that player with that type of attitude coming to the Rangers when I kind of want to build around, you know, players, you know, that we've drafted that are going to have the right attitude that seem to want to be a part of the process because, you know, the Rangers are still, you know, an ongoing process and, you know, and rebuilding, you know, is Eichel going to, you know, accept that? I mean, he might accept it for one year knowing he's just, oh, finally out of, you know, Buffalo. But, you know, if the Rangers have another down year next year, you know, is he going to start to question, you know, his career again? Yeah, I mean, that that is the thing. It's that you've watched the Rangers, how they've conducted themselves since the letter and slowly accruing all this talent. You know, I think the unfortunate thing is that you they almost, the Rangers have so much young talent, there won't be enough time to audition everyone to give everyone a fair shake. So sometimes it's like better to just... Um, yeah, just kind of like rip the bandaid off and make, you know, for better or worse, you know, you hope right. it doesn't end up where it's like a, not that he's much of, he's like a great player, but like a Ryan Graves and you're like, oh, there, you know, there was probably something more there. And if the Rangers could do it over again, maybe, you know, he's playing instead of Truba. Although at the same time, playing with a Kale McCarr makes you look much better than you are. Although does McCarr play with Gerard now? I don't even know. I don't watch enough Colorado to know, but. But yeah, I do think the Rangers have such an intriguing mix of talent. It's just, I think, in terms of, you know, how long there's, I do think there is, they have a little bit of, uh, they can control a little bit of their destiny and when they're ready to compete based on, you know, their commitment to what talent and what uh, age brackets. But I just, they have to really make sure they're locked into that the whole time because it's like, you can wait for all of these young players they have now, and even the guys waiting their system for another two seasons to like kind of get their feet wet and figure things out. Or you can just, you know, kind of roll with the, the maybe the more, uh, uh, I guess, advanced neophytes and your Cacos and your Lafreniers and your uh, just your young players who are ready to step in almost immediately and then go from there. But yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's, I, it's hard for me to envision as you know, especially as, as a Rangers fan, just you see how some of these guys are playing, you know, we Nils, we haven't even seen Nils Lundqvist in the NHL yet. We, you know, Kraftsoff is, uh, the playoffs start today and he's 
picks up right where he left off as like a playoff performer and he scores a beautiful goal and also has like a highlight highlight reel uh, between the legs like pick off off the boards and you know I want to if that if if he's going to play like this in the NHL playoffs like I want to see that you know so it's really hard to to envision you know a dismantling this team for an Eichel and b not giving some of their homegrown talents or even a guy like Blackwell is not homegrown but is like you know, wants to assert himself for that slot to see him be able to cement a spot for himself on this team. You know, it's crazy, Andy. I have two teams that I root for that have maybe a a, a franchise-altering piece lying right in front of them. And both of my teams have all these assets, but I feel like all the assets are going to end up disappearing to get these players. And it's it's only going to be for, you know, it's going to be a complete letdown when this player gets here, and that and that's that's what I'm worrying about. I have the New York Jets, obviously, with Watson being dangled out there, and and the Jets having everything that the Texans could possibly want uh, in return if they had to give up Watson. And I just feel like he's going to get here, and we gonna we're not going to have any single supporting cast for him, and it's going to be a complete failure. And then I got the New York Rangers who, you know, they have multiple draft picks. They have, you know, all this youth. They have, you know, a tremendous farm farm system, maybe top two in the in the NHL. And here we are, the carrot, the, the Watson out there is Jack Eichel, and he's going to come here, and we're going to give up everything for him, and, you know, it's not going to amount to anything. That's what I'm worried and no, I, I know I, I'm and just it, being pessimistic and no. harping on this thing, but I, I think as of right now, Andy, I am team no Jack Eichel. Wow. I And listen, I definitely understand that because it's like, you know, it's one of those things that even if you feel like you're going to force your way out, you almost want to see some more like an F you from Jack and just in terms of his performance on the ice. And, you know, when you have a guy who checks out, although listen, Ryan O'Reilly, kind of checked out he said his hockey joy was drained from his body and he gets traded and he immediately wins the <laughs> wins the stanley cup so maybe it's yeah so i don't know man and i while you were saying this something popped up on my my timeline and it was a quote from val i i missed this apparently val Aket on the rangers postgame absolutely roasted the sabers like he said i think quote i think the buffalo sabers should be wearing ski masks on the fifth and the 30th of every month uh because there's no way you can have that much star power and then not have any pushback. I mean, it looks like they've quit on their season. Uh, he then said, the Rangers totally packed it in the third period, but did Buffalo even make an effort to get to high danger areas? I think they're very easy to play against. I think that's a dreadful hockey team. They should be embarrassed. Jesus Christ, he went in on them. Wow. Oh, man. That's and for him. That's yeah, pretty, it's... that's pretty salty. It's weird. It's sad to see because Buffalo is one of my favorite cities. Unbelievable people there, hardworking people. They must have a hard time watching that team play. Oh man, Jesus, Jeez. that's and I gotta find the. Oh, there's a link video. I'll watch that later. But um, yeah, I mean that's the thing, and you know you hope that doesn't follow. I guess there's a part of me that's worried that that doesn't follow Jack around. You know what I mean? Although because it looks like he did everything last season, he did everything one person in the world could do to try to make put that team on his back and it literally just could not will it to happen so you hope the rangers are different in that it's like one of those things where it's finally you know it's like he can be supported 
and you'll have he could. I I don't know. Will you play with Lafreniere? Will you play with uh, Panarin? And that's the other thing. It's like Jack's a guy who likes to have the puck because he's one of the better players on the ice. And whether you play with Lafreniere or you play with Panarin, uh, you know, those are if you're if Jack, like who's going to have the puck? Who's going to want it? You know, is is La, is Eichel is good, but is he Panarin good right now? I don't think so. He's close though, and he will be. He'll pro- he'll probably hit that much sooner and longer, but yeah, I don't know. I guess so. Is he is Jack Eichel willing to change up how he does things? You know, can he? There's some soft. I've seen Jack kind of have some soft plays, and I don't know if that's because it's just the like we talked about how like Ryan O'Reilly looks totally lost in Buffalo, and then becomes like you know a, a stud one uh, C just enough to help his team win the you know the Stanley Cup. So. I don't know if there's a change of scenery and we just see that same Jack Eichel that looked like he was a world beater last season. I just don't know. So I definitely get your reticence. Um, well, the difference uh, between the Ryan O'Reilly situation is that he went to a team where he didn't need to be the leader. That's, that's like true. the one that's like the one thing like people just assume that, you know, you know, all right, Ryan O'Reilly goes to St. Louis. He doesn't need to be the man there. He's a complimentary piece to the foundation that they already built. Yeah. You know, if if Eichel comes to New York Rangers, he is now like him and Panarin are the guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, at least he can split it though, which is good. That's the more true. he could say in Buffalo, it was just him, and he had to answer for everything. And he wouldn't be the captain. It's not like this. He'd come in and they'd immediately slap the C on him. You know, I think it. Uh, and honestly, I think he understands that that it's like wherever he goes next, he's most likely the C will be gone, but he'd rather play playoff hockey in his career. He's about to be 25 well, no, and he's never even made the playoffs. You know what I mean? Miller's so that's get, what you Miller's have. getting to see. It's the, I mean, that's he's my Miller's my, you know, low key pick for, for it. I would love to see it, but I, you know, I think a Lafreniere gets it eventually, but hell, even Adam Fox Lafreniere is too quiet. Fox is a little on the weird side. I I mean, from from what I've heard, Lafreniere is is a very like, you know, loud on the bench, vocal kid. So apparently, is that's he? what Dave, that's what Quinn is saying. And I've I've seen him hooting and hollering and hugging guys and do all this stuff. So I you know I just I think it's gonna be him eventually. But um, yeah. But at the same time, it's like you know, like we we talked about how Miller is literally just such a like he's his confidence is just like runneth o- his cup runneth over with confidence and he's got it and he's just got that you know he's got the swagger and he's got the attitude and he's got the nothing really seems to phase him type of thing that might be good but you know i the, both of those both miller and obviously lafreniere are still going to have to let their you know the their cup of coffee's got it's still got piping hot it's got to get a, a little bit cooler before they uh you know before they're yeah. <laughs> we're anointing them the, the the future captain of the New York Rangers but yeah back to Jack I just don't you know I I think it's understand that the C comes off and maybe with it there's not all that pressure when things are you know oh no it's happening again you know so I I honestly don't know man because I I do feel the reticence that you do at the same time I'm like is this like a, a fate thing or I don't know is this like what the best thing for both parties it's like he gets to finally be somewhere where he's supported and he doesn't have to do it all himself and at the same time it's like you know uh it just kind of matches in better he's nice his age falls nicely between the Panarins and the Zabanajads. and you know even if those guys take he'll be you know Panarin's age maybe when Panarin and 
meek if he's still here or a crider or finally on the decline. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I, it's, but it's tough to know. It's one of those things. It's tough to know if he, he might get here and he might immediately pull a, a, his hammy real bad and that might be it. And or like, he's just never the same and that would be peak Rangers. So I really don't know. It's, it's scary. Uh, but uh, it looks like no matter what, we're going to find out, you know, come right. this summer. Cause this is a, definitely a summer move, I think for Buffalo, if it's going to happen, um, you know, barring some unforeseen circumstance that makes him change his mind. I am hyping up the New York Rangers summer. You know, I feel like there's going to be so many changes and I feel like they're going to wait to change everything in the summer. I, I think they want to see what they have in their youth and, you know, I, yeah, I'm going to say, I don't think the Rangers get Eichel. I'm going to go on and say it, but, um, you know, obviously to, you know, kind of wrap things up. I know this Eichel conversation is probably not going to be the last time we speak of it. Um, but, you know, we do have two huge games against the Devils. And, you know, we're not going to be doing another podcast until after those games. You know, again, looking at, you know, the, where the New York Rangers kind of are. And we're kind of just, you know, floating around that middle area, grabbing points just enough to stay relevant in this division. You know, two huge games against the New Jersey Devils, who, after a really hot start and hit COVID and named Nico their captain, they've kind of cooled off. and. I know they struggle on special teams and their penalty, uh, their power play is, uh, uh, I think, like bottom three in the entire league, you know. But you know, you know, they're gonna pop in at least you know three power play goals per game against the Rangers just to kind of even that percentage out. You know, what what can we expect? You know, with the two games against the New Jersey Devils and 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 where do you think the Rangers, are, you know, are at the weekend? Well, so ha- the Rangers haven't beaten Devils yet this season, correct? Correct. So they will get, I think they're going to get one victory over them. Okay. That, um, I mean, that goes in line with what you said the last time, but. Um, yeah, I know. And I'm, I'm now, the beauty is that I feel even more sure about it. <laughs> because <laughs> we know, got the win and, in Buffalo. Yes. Knowing, knowing the egg of my face, if they don't get it after this, will be even runnier. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I would like four points. Uh, I'll say this. If, Anything less than three points out of these four games, I will be upset with. If they only split, I'll be mad. I don't care how good of a game they play. I want, and I don't care if they're understaffed or undermanned. Um, you know, and this, although, I mean, Blackwood is playing well, but uh, I want, I, yeah, I, I think if the Rangers are going to do anything to change their fortunes around, it has, it literally has to start right now. They have to get, three out of their next four points because you know the i'm real still not like yes the devils have have i think like the rangers or you know their exciting young pieces are coming together but i still think they're they're pretty beatable and they still have some weaknesses that can be exploited so i hope that happens but and the reason the only reason i think the rangers lost is that i think in the few times they played that i've seen the devils were the hungrier teams and the rangers shot themselves in the foot so if the Rangers are hungrier and they have Kako back, I don't think they should lose. But they probably will. They'll probably end up it's either splitting or worse, just going 0-2. But I want three points out of these four games. I'm going on the record. Uh, that's the only thing I'll be happy with. I'll be ecstatic with the full four points. But And I don't even care if that comes of them having to maybe give uh go to ot both games or shootout and give the devils two points in the process but i no matter what i want the rangers to 
come away from these next two games with three points. So that's what I want. That's what I'm trying to will into existence. We'll see if I'm right. Um, I don't know, James. What do you have any predictions? Yeah, I I think the Rangers win both of the games uh, for for two reasons, two main reasons, right? Number number one, I feel like this Eichel talk might bring the locker room together. You know, I I feel like you know these players aren't dumb. I think they see what's you know being said around the league. You know, I'm sure they're privy to more news than than we are, and just rumors in general. Uh, hell, I mean, some of them might actually be friends with Jack enough to you know be texting back and forth. So. Number one, I think that Eichel to the Rangers, knowing it could possibly blow up the entire locker room in terms of people leaving uh, and people coming in, I think it might bring this team together, right? And I think the Rangers are going to hit a pivot point. And, th- and this is, you know, part of reason number two is, you know, looking at the standings, right? You have, you know, Pittsburgh and Philly, you know, fighting for that fourth spot, both with 25 points. Then you have Boston with 26, uh, Islanders 28, Washington 28. You know, these teams are machines. They're not stopping. You know, the Rangers have to have their eye on that fourth spot. And, you know, these are the teams that you have to beat. And if I'm the New York Rangers and, you know, I'm in that locker room and, you know, I'm looking at the, the mock standing, I'm sure that they have, you know, in the locker room, you know, these two games against New Jersey are a pivotal point in this season. And if you don't have four points again against, you know, if you don't get four points against them, right, you might as well... Yeah. You might as well, you know, you you know, chalk up the the season then, because yeah, you have to keep pace. You have to keep pace, and you know, I I, I think it's imperative for the Rangers, you know, just the the be rel- you know relevant. You know, that's all you can ask for. It's just little by little get points, be relevant, and you know, uh, live the fight another week, and hopefully you beat the teams that are, that are finally above you instead of below you. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.